Hello and welcome to the Soul Seeking Love podcast. My name is Alicia, but you can call me Leash. Join me each week as I go on a journey to answer life's biggest questions and probably ask a few more along the way. Thanks so much for joining. Hey guys, so last week I posted on my blog a piece about following the flow slash resist nothing. Like I said, I not only like to podcast myself, but I also like to listen to podcasts. So I've been in this habit of like podcast binging. I don't know if that's a thing, like the way you would binge a whole series. Like I try to binge someone's entire podcast (laughs) series in like a weekend. So I was, I was doing that a couple weeks ago with the angry therapist who is on Instagram and has a website and just find him. He's awesome. So his concept was resist nothing, meaning if you feel any sort of resistance, just like go the other way, like don't resist anything. And I was talking about how I almost crave resistance. It feels almost natural for me. And I wanted to dive deeper into that because it's so opposite of what I talked about last week, how I was able to follow my intuition and just trust that I was supposed to be in Arizona. And yes, that is something that I'm working on this year. And yes, it is becoming more intuitive for me to follow my intuition, but I'm not usually that way. So this idea of resisting nothing, although it makes sense, is such a new concept to me. And I wanted to dive deeper into it. So Resistance shows up in all of our lives. And I noticed that nine times out of 10, we're not even aware that we're in a pattern of resistance. So I'm trying to get to the bottom of why it is that I feel the need to run up against the wall. And when I hit, when I hit the brick wall, decide, all right, there's a brick wall. Let me try even harder to knock it down. Instead of just saying, oh, well, here's a brick wall. Let me go another way. Like that would be the normal thing to do. If you're driving on, on a street and you see a brick wall, you take a detour. But we don't do that in our lives. Like when we feel resistance or we feel stuck, we don't immediately think, let's go a different route. We think, let's try harder. Or I must not be good enough. Or I'm being lazy. So it's really interesting. I just wanted to expand on that. And I'll probably take two podcasts on this because it's such a big topic. But yeah, let's get into resistance. You know, think about when you feel resistance in your life, when you feel stuck. To me, it's a stuck feeling. It's quicksand. It's in that tiny little box room that I can't get out of. It's, it's heavy. You know, you're in a situation like maybe it's, you know, you need to leave your partner and you're just working up the courage and you vacillate every day and you feel guilty for leaving. Um, you're scared about leaving. It's comfortable to stay, but you know, deep in your heart in your intuition and in your gut where our intuition lives, you know, you're going to leave that person. When we know there's usually a point that it happens in a relationship and I'm not going to get into relationships today, but I, you know it. Same thing with a job, you know, there's a date. I remember one day I went into work and something happened. It was so stupid. I overheard um, where I was working at this company. One of the managers 
or bosses, whatever, was talking about the Patriots in a way that I really disliked because I really disliked the Patriots and, oh, you know, football, like stupid stuff. And just the way he talked about it, I was like, oh, I can't work for this guy anymore. And I knew that day, <laughs> I knew that day I wasn't going to stay there much longer, but I resisted. <laughs> I resisted. It's funny because I ended up leaving to be a yoga teacher and, uh, the universe really dragged me the hell out of that job, man. That was funny the way that whole thing went down. That's a story for another day. But, um, yeah, that was resistance. I knew, you know, something was shifting us and it might be a slow shift. I don't mean like we wake up in the middle of the night gasping for air, knowing, <laughs> oh, I have to leave. You know, that's not, that's not how it is sometimes. You know, sometimes it's one conversation, but sometimes it's multiple conversations. And that stuck feeling comes in, that resistance. The longer it takes for you to leave, usually the harder it is. I definitely need to talk about this example. I was I was totally going to talk about something else today, but now I think this is what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Huh. Interesting how this just played out. Um. Anyway, so yeah. I was at this job and I knew I didn't want to be there. I knew I didn't like it. I knew I was over the corporate world. And, you know, the universe will make you so uncomfortable you have no other option. So this is hilarious. I um, I move up to Jersey City with this company. You know, they moved up and they wanted a bunch of us to, like, spearhead the new office. And I was working on a couple of accounts in New York city at the time on wall street so i was part of the team and i was excited to be moving out of my parents house for the first time since college i was like very excited i you know i just felt like there i was you know i was finally doing it like living in the city not in new york but i was close enough and i had always wanted to so excited about that so excited about being like one of the first ones in a new office it felt prestigious i felt like you know, I, I was, how old was I? Gosh, I was, uh, maybe 28, 27 or 28. And it was just like, I felt like everything was falling into place. You know, like I was dating this guy, we were on and off. It was very back and forth. That was another thing. Like there was so much resistance in my life at this time. I didn't even see it. Um, but I just felt like, oh God, I'm finally going to get the life that I expected I was going to have at 30, which is hilarious now. (laughs) That's definitely another story. But, you know, I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm successful. I'm making it. I'm doing it. And I was excited. And the universe was like, nope, you shouldn't be here. So I heard the conversation about football that I mentioned earlier. That was, that was an instant pang. I was like, I knew I couldn't, I couldn't stay here. I knew I I couldn't trust this guy because the way he was talking the way he was talking I was just like yeah he's this isn't my people you know and I wasn't really that good I, I mean I was I wasn't a bad salesperson I don't think I'm a bad bad salesperson but I wasn't the best and I didn't want to do what the people who were the best were and that's like another story it was like it felt shady to me it just felt like there was a lot of greed and a lot of um brown nosing and cherry picking and typical sales stuff that goes on. But I never, I never liked it. So I knew I couldn't do that. It felt like selling my soul. It felt like 
I wasn't doing an honest day's work and I wanted to do things for the right reasons to help people. And it didn't feel like that. It just felt like politics and red tape and, you know, who's favorite. So I knew I wanted to leave and I found out that I was getting paid less than the men on my team. I found, you know, I eventually got up to that same paycheck level, but I had to make us think about it and I didn't, I didn't want to. I know I wasn't as successful as some of the other people, but just on principle that I was the only female not getting the same, like threw me off. That pissed me off like a lot. Um, and it was like a gossipy way that I found out and I hated that too. I don't even remember how, but I know it was gossip because that's how, that's the only way you find out about that shit. And that felt sticky to me. Um, so then when the things really hit the fan, when shit really hit the fan and I was like, wow, I'm stuck. I got to get out of here was when, you know, I was encouraged to go out with clients more and that's fine. But I felt like I had to be one of the boys and I have no problem being honest and upfront and authentic with people. Like you want to talk guy talk with me, I'll shoot the shit with you all day. Like let's go to AC and play fucking blackjack. I'm that girl. I'm totally that girl. And I am cool with being that girl, but I am still a girl and I'm not trying to say it as a double standard, but you know, you could talk to me as vulgarly as you like but that does not mean I'm going to have sex with you. And and it does not mean that I'm interested in you at all. But if you want to talk like that with me and I talk back, you better be able to handle it without assuming that you're going to get something more from that. That's the only thing I have to say about when shit like this goes down. Because, you know, if you're going to be dirty and um, whatever with me, like unhinged and untamed, then... You cannot hold it against me for being the same way. And, you know, you shouldn't assume. Like, men do that a lot. And it's, like, rapey, honestly. It, it's just the culture that needs to shift. If you want a girl to be like that and shoot the shit and be cool with you, great. But, like, you still need consent. You still need to make sure that you're on the same page. Um, just because you're talking vulgarly doesn't mean you're interested in it. Yeah, like guy, how many times do guys talk about sexy stuff, like sex and stuff with their guy friends and girls do it with their girlfriends and neither of us assume that, you know, we're trying to hit on them. Even if you're like homosexual and you have a same sex partner and you're joking around with another person of your same sex, like that doesn't mean you're hitting on them. It just means like you're, that's just how you're talking. Right. But when it's a man and a woman, men can't seem to grasp that same fucking concept. It's unbelievable to me. So anyway, I was going out to dinner and drinks all the time in New York city, at least once a week, a happy hour dinners with clients. And they were all men. It was wall street. Okay. So I had no problem being in that environment. I was not worried. I was not scared. I didn't feel threatened for my life or like I was going to be attacked. Not once. So I kept doing it and I was, it was cool. I was learning a lot about the companies. Honestly, we weren't just shooting the shit and being like vulgar. We were actually talking business most of the time. So I learned a ton and it was really awesome. But then one night, some guy that I was, working very closely with, um, who gave us a lot of business, tried to kiss me. And he's, first of all, married. Second of all, 
I have a boyfriend. Third of all, I don't care if we did or didn't have partners. <laughs> You're not allowed to try to kiss me. That's not what we're doing here. I made it very clear it was a professional relationship. I never once like stepped over the line any more so than they did, you know? In sales, they teach you like, you always match the person that you're selling to. So if they're being casual and cool, you be casual and cool. You don't need to be formal if they're not being formal. But if they're formal, you be formal, right? So they're casual and they're chill and we're still talking business, but like shooting the shit also, that's what I'm gonna do. And never once, did I make a pass? Never once did I act like I was interested. You know, I would give, you know, it's New York, New Jersey. So you give everybody a hug and a kiss goodbye. Like that's just common when you go out, but that's it. Like that never bothered me. And I never felt threatened by that. But this was like, he didn't let me go and then tried to put his mouth on my mouth. And I'm like, Oh, like I, he was not going to go further than that. I could tell and that's why I didn't make a bigger deal out of this than what actually happened. But I had to put my hand up and I put it on his face and I pushed myself away from him. And I was like, you got the wrong idea here. And then he's like, immediately said like, yeah, no, I know. And I, I know that you have a boyfriend. I know that I'm married, but like, I just felt blah, 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 blah. And it was all bullshit that like, had no, like he was just miserable. And I don't know, it was horrible. It was so horrible. And I told my boss about it immediately and like he seemed to care, but the company didn't care. So he's like, I don't know what you want me to do. You know, I went to HR within my company and they said, we can't do anything because this is a client. This is a client and this is not somebody that works for us. So we have no jurisdiction here. You'll have to go to like his HR department. So, you know, I say to my boss, like, what the, what the hell am I supposed to do? This is my client. I go there every, almost every day. They were right across the street from us. So I'm like, what, how am I supposed to get past this? And he's like, these are your options. You get past it and move on, or you give up the client and then therefore, which he didn't say like this, but this is how I'm going to tell you is what the truth is. I give up the client and I lose the commissions. So I basically had to choose between dealing with this guy who made me super uncomfortable versus losing the money and I'm like wow so not only I'm not getting paid the same I have to play this this game with these guys that are going to take advantage of the fact that I'm a female and like did I worry that he was going to rape or harm me in, in a way any more than just trying to kiss me no I really didn't honestly um but still I think that that's crossing the line and I don't think it fucking matters if it's a kiss or if it's anything more forceful than that it's still unwelcome and unwarranted and it was the principle of it, you know, that's, that's not what I was there to do. And I really find it so hypocritical that men can talk like that on business meetings with men. But if a woman's there and she reciprocates any of the conversation just to be part of it, just to be feeling like she can be included in the conversation, you know, then she's a slut. It, <laughs> that, that's the stuff that Oh, God, it needs to stop. But we're not going to go on a Me Too rant right now. That was just a major thing that happened. And I thought that that was so ridiculous. And back to the resistance, my point here is that that was a huge slap in the face. Like, 
I had to choose between that and my money. And, you know, that just never would have happened for a man. And I felt so, ugh, like, dirty after it. Like, I, I smelt a dead body under the building and I just couldn't, I couldn't walk back in there. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't, I didn't want to be there. And it was right around the same time that I had started yoga teacher training. So it was interesting to me how like my mindset was being illuminated to all these new ideas with yoga. And then this is happening in this job. It's deteriorating. And it was, this was literally, if, if you asked 18 year old Alicia where she wanted to be in 10 years, it was that, it was that life. I was in Jersey city. I had a boyfriend. Um, I, I was like living on my own. I had a roommate, but like I was out of my parents' house. I was in this job that I knew could like send me high to the sky and make a ton of money. And I thought that was it. You know, that was it. I made it here. I am. And as soon as I started yoga teacher training, I realized like, this is not at all the life that I want. This is not at all the life that I'm supposed to have. And it's, you know, it's, it's awful. It's, it was making me miserable. So there were a lot of great people that I met there that I still talk to that I think are amazing people. But in general, the way that the company was run was just not for me. So I had started yoga teacher training, honestly, just as a hobby. I just really loved yoga and it felt like something super cool. Like, again, one of those decisions like Arizona, like I was saying last week, you know, it didn't feel like a choice. It was just like, I didn't ponder it for a long time. It just happened. It like fell in my lap. And for me, when that happens, even if it's something so outlandish, like moving across the country or starting a yoga teacher training out of the clear blue sky, like I have to run with it if it just feels like a pull. So um, I felt that pull originally with yoga teacher training. It was not as strong as Arizona actually, but um, I started doing that and then these things started simultaneously happening at my job. So it wasn't like I made up my mind and then the things happened. It was like they were happening. I just wasn't paying attention. And then I went to yoga teacher training and my eyes were open to this new idea of seeing the world, this new way of looking at things. And I saw what happened and I was like, wow, these things, it's really going south. So Long story short, I get myself a full-time position at the yoga studio where I'm getting my teacher training. So I was managing it. I was going to be able to manage it. I could have had the option to buy it out, which I didn't. I, I really didn't want to buy it, honestly. I was thinking about it. I thought it would be cool, but it, it just didn't make sense for where I was at the time. And um, I was, I was going to leave. I was like, all right, I got a full-time job. It's a lot less money. I have to move back to you know, central Jersey, not Jersey city. Cause it was far away. And, um, I was so excited. So the, the irony and my point of this whole thing now, that I'm going to bring it back around to my original topic. The day that I went to go quit, they were going to fire me. He pulled me into his office first thing. And it was funny. Cause like we both walked up to each other, my boss and I, he's like, Hey, can I see you in my office? I was like, Oh yeah. I was just, I was actually going to ask if I could come talk to you. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, come on in. And uh, he's like, listen, blah, 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 blah. Like, I had called out because I, I used a couple days to interview, but also um, 
I called out a couple of days because I had the PTO and I knew that if I quit, they were going to make me go immediately. I think, I don't think they did two weeks there. I, I forget. But I had this feeling that I wasn't going to get my PTO paid or whatever it was. I don't know what the the reason was, but I wanted, I wanted to get paid my PTO. So I called out a couple of days and got my shit together so that I could leave. And he basically was going to fire me for lack of production and, uh, me calling out and being like, not irresponsible, but he felt like I was unreliable or whatever. But anyway, so he was going to fire me basically because I wasn't selling as well because I didn't want to go back to that client. I mean, that was, that was really the truth of it. And I I had said to him, I was like, really? Like, do you want me to bring up the fact that this is a lawsuit? Like I, I'm leaving anyway. And I, I came in here to quit and I actually requested that he didn't fire me. And I just, I just quit because that was my true intention. I, I was leaving. So I, I wanted to be the one that left. It just like, of course I wasn't selling as well. How could you not see that that was the reason? It wasn't because I hated the job or I wasn't good at it or I didn't care. I care so much about my career. I care about everything that I do. I'm not the type of person that could do something and not care. Yeah, I mean, anyone that knows me knows that. And it wasn't that I gave up. It was that I felt off, you know? I didn't feel supported. I didn't feel like anyone cared about what happened. Nobody made a big deal about it. But, you know, I really, I loved it. I loved where my life was. And then I, you know, I pulled back the curtain and realized it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted anyway. So although I felt like that was the life that I thought that I should be living at the time, the universe was trying to bring me back to the flow and show me like, Alicia, this is resistance. We're trying to show you clearly that this is not for you. We have to make you so uncomfortable so that you'll leave. And that's happened to me more than once. I mean, every relationship I've ever been in, I could talk about that. But it's like, if there's no wall in front of me that I need to literally rip down with my own bare hands, like that's the amount of work that I assume I have to do in life for everything. And when I go with the flow, it feels so unnatural. So that's what I've been training myself to try to do. I mean, Arizona was like the biggest leap, but I try to do that now every day. What feels like flow? What feels like it's just falling in my lap and it's effortless. Not that it's not hard work and that I don't try as much as I would anyway, you know, with the resistance. But when you go with the flow and you're working hard, you know, imagine if you're swimming with the current versus against it or standing still and not going anywhere at all. So it's like you could try to swim against the current. That's ultimate resistance. You could just stand there. That's being stuck where it's like, you know, you shouldn't be swimming against the current, but you still kind of want to. So you're standing there trying to decide if you're going to swim against the current. That's stuck. And then you could float. The, the river is moving. You don't need to, you don't even need to do anything. If you lay down, if you, you know, get off your feet and stop standing there, lay down, let the river take you with the flow. That's zero effort. When something falls in your lap, that's that. That's it right there. 
And then when you start swimming with the current, that's you busting your ass with the universe on your side. And what did I say last week? Don't bet against the house. I mean, think about it. You're in the ocean and you're standing there and you're stuck. And the universe is like, get the frig out of the ocean. A wave hits you in the face. You get knocked onto the shore. This is it. I mean, this is, it's not even me trying to be like metaphoric and make all these analogies and cliches. It's like, that's a real world example because that is the universe. The universe is the earth. You are the universe. The earth is the universe. Everything around us is the universe. So of course, shit like that is real. And that's how it feels in our energy because that's how it feels physically. (laughs) So when you think about that, like when I think about this job, it feels like, you know, it felt like I got smacked in the face with a wave when that thing happened, you know, at work. And when they said like, there's nothing that could be done. It felt like I got smacked with a wave. And the universe was like, hello, you want to leave. Why don't you just go now? So... Yeah, it's like a redirection. And the thing about it is that the resistance sucks. It's hard. Like getting smacked in the face with a wave is uncomfortable. It's it's scary even. Because you don't know if you're going to catch your breath or if it's going to take you in a riptide, you know? It's like, it's terrifying. But it's also terrifying to just not do anything. To trust that the river is going to take you where you want to go. And that's the thing. We don't even know sometimes. Like, we could be on a river thinking, like, no, just, like, just a couple more uh, miles here. And then let me off onto the shore. Not knowing that it's taking us to this perfect lagoon that is the most gorgeous thing we will ever see in our lives. We're comfortable just staying at the river. You know, it's like we don't know. We really don't know. And how could we say we know what we want if we don't even understand how this life works? Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows when they're going to die. Nobody knows, you know, what's going to happen when or who's going to be around at this point or what the world is going to look like. Nobody knows. So a lot of times what we want is limiting And we don't even realize that we're limiting ourselves because we don't see how possible it is to to get so much. So anyway, this is a totally different episode than what I was originally planning to record, but I think this is a great message. And um, yeah, I think this is the end for now. Maybe next week I'll continue on more because... I could I could have a whole series on all these different topics. I don't want to talk for an hour. I want to keep these. I was thinking around 20 minutes, but this one might be a little longer. Um, around 20 to 30 minutes, I think, is good podcasting time for me. Um, so I'll probably do a couple series on similar topics to get more trains of thought out, um, especially with this, with resistance, with going with the flow. It's... It's counterintuitive for us and it's literally, I know I say that word a lot, but really, truthfully, it is the most intuitive way to live, to go with the flow, to follow. And it feels counterintuitive. 
So yeah, so how do we how do we marry those two things together? And that's that's more along the lines of what I was going to talk with talk about today. So that'll be next week. And uh, looking forward to talking then. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I really hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you did, of course, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, review, share it with a friend, and of course, I'll see you again next week. Thanks so much and take care.